0: This episode of Story Institute's Ramblin' Versa is brought to you by Enchanted Travel Tales, bringing travel, magic, and fun to each of your holidays. Contact us today for your next magical vacation, 615-431-WISH. So this week's topic is is about characters. One of the most important pieces, of Danny's story is is the, how the characters form. And without the characters, most of the times you have very little story. And uh, we have Chad Corey back with us from ChadCorey.com to talk a little bit more about uh, about his characters uh One, because he has some very interesting characters within his own books but but two because he he really has been focusing on this world building uh aspect, and uh, uh he has some unique insights on on character development but also character placement uh welcome, Chad. thanks for joining us
1: thanks thanks you're happy back. I appreciate it
0: so tell us tell us a little bit about the importance we t- we've talked about in the past setting and plots uh now we're on to characters. Tell us a little bit of how you go in placing characters within uh, within the worlds that that you've built.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good question, and, and you are right. They are next to the setting and, and the plot; <laughs> they're they're a very integral part of the story. Um, how I go about doing it is I, I'm maybe a little bit unique, maybe not, in how I approach it. Is I like to have something unique or interesting about. The character, because if they don't interest me first and foremost as a writer, I find it very hard or challenging to make them interesting for the reader. If they're very dry and milk toast and very simplistic, it's kind of hard to relate to or doesn't really give an impetus why I should care as a reader is to follow their, their story, no matter how good it could be. Um, typically, because I write more fantasy stuff right now, what I look at is something that's unique. And has a flavor that hasn't really been done before in fantasy, and it might, its not as hard as you think. It's—it's it's more or less trying to find a, the the human element or the, the internal element of the character. It's not so much, you know, he has a really cool axe or he has really—he can kill a lot of people. It's—it's it's more or less the the internal element. Um, a good example of that could be uh, from one of my most recent characters, Corin Danther, who's a bard. And the interesting thing that really spoke to me was he's a pragmatic pacifist. And so here you have a character in the fantasy setting, where it's you know John up until this point has been sword and sorcery, you know everyone killing each other, hacking the heads off of monsters, and so on and so forth. Here you have a guy that isn't, doesn't even carry a weapon, doesn't wear any armor, and just likes to go around and tell stories and have adventures, but doesn't necessarily fight. And so that to me was a unique way to to express another side of the world setting, number one, but also another side of of just uh, humanity or just this character in this world setting so in general. And it was kind of a fun way of doing that. So typically I try and find interesting takes, or interesting things on on characters in general. I think Marvel Comics kinda had the the, the idea right when they went off the approach of doing clay footed heroes. In other words, you have characters that are not perfect because let's be honest, if the character's perfect there really isn't any interest, you know, to begin yeah. with why you should care about them. Um, you, you could make them interesting. Maybe they they have some moral failings that would be uh you know, they're very they cheat on their wife or something, or they they're there's there's kind of dishonest but they justify it a, a myriad of ways or things things that make them a little bit more we call again clay footed or grey. Uh, keeping them interesting in that sense. Well again, not a lot of work. They don't have to have, you know, a missing eyeball or you know, some other strange quirk to make them unique and interesting, making it just very realistic, very uh, unique character flaws or issues about them, health-wise, health mental. Uh, you know, They could have different uh, belief systems that kind of make them think or act certain ways as well. And you, when you put the story or the plot through the, the, the lens, which is that character, try and focus it through them, everything else can kind of take on a different different perspective because you could have the same setting, the same plot, and the same story. But now you have the character. Uh, you can switch different characters, in there and it becomes a totally different Story, because you're looking at it through their eyes, or you're you're interacting it with them, and it's because you're doing that, it changes how things flow and develop. So, again, that's kind of how I approach it. Um, I, I know other people kind of do things differently as well, but um, does that kind of answer <laughs> answer your question?
0: It, it does it does. So you know you, you mentioned the the bard that that has a different a uh, different path than than most uh, most of the other characters, and you know sometimes that that's not necessarily the most popular choice but it tells a better story because you have you have a character that has a meaning rather than just you know goes around and and is the one that that's killing the other people um so it's it 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 adds to it adds to the depth of the of the story a little bit more than any of the stereotypical characters that, that, that 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 you can add
1: Another you know, thing, too, is with characters, I think people get stuck in the, the mindset that they have to be people. You, I think some of the really great classical fiction, now, of course, I'm drawing a blank when I say that, but I'm thinking of things like, uh, oh, okay, there's, there was a story in Cole. Uh, Cole was a character created by Robert E. Howard. He was a, a fantasy character back in the, the late uh, the early 30s, excuse me. And one story which was my favorite, I thought was just amazing, was he had... Silence be a character. there is actually an embodiment of silence. Wow. and And he did not Cole had to fight this character that he unwittingly unleashed upon the world that was trapped there because it was literally it killed all life because of silence it took away all sound, which was life. And so he he did a very interesting approach to making silence a believable character and an entity. And he did it in such a clever way. I would encourage people to go check it out. It's a very interesting story um but you you can have things like that be characters you can have weather you can have animals you can have emotions even be be characters in a story um you can have even different perceptions of things be characters in a story um it's just Just different ways of looking at writing your story in general, because it doesn't always have to be a person. It doesn't always have to be a group of people. It can be something as nebulous or esoteric as silence or or it can be light or, you know, just things like that. So you can take that and just, or country, sometimes I've seen that done before, especially it's, it's more popular in comic books, they take a city and the city is embodied somehow in some type of, of uh, expression or narrative, and the city takes on a life of its own. It becomes kind of a, a character in and of itself in the greater the story. So you can take things that are not necessarily living or you know easy to identify, and you can make them into to characters like that as well. That can kind of be an interesting thing, to be a very challenging thing sometimes, but it can also be a very interesting aspect to any story you do.
0: Yeah, you know, you mentioned uh characters that aren't people. You know, one of my favorite stories when I was growing up was Jonathan Levinson Siegel by Richard Bach. Um, you know, that that's, that's about a bird and, and about how he wanted to stretch his his abilities and didn't want to just just be told what to do. Uh he,
1: he, you get well,
0: yeah. into you get into the conflict there instead of instead of you know well it's just a bird well it's not because you know he has he has the way that he wants to live his life a little bit different uh, from what the flock says.
1: Yeah, or or Shallow Silverstein's the Giving Tree, where exactly. the tree is the character. Um, not people don't necessarily think that is you know they think it's a kid, but the the. the uh, that's the tree. The tree is the main character, and you actually feel sorry <laughs> for the tree at the end, but it's kind of odd because you're feeling sorry for an inanimate object that doesn't really have you know, <laughs> any type of feelings. But it's it's a character in and of itself, and it's a good example of how you can use something like that to tell a story.
0: Very good. Who are some of your favorite characters that, that you've either created or, or, or read? I know you've mentioned a, a few as, as far as examples, but uh, what type of characters do you look for, and, and can you give us any stories? Yeah, uh,
1: well, again, I, I like that call. I think that was a really good example. I just stuck, stuck out my mind for just, it was amazing how he did it. It was a yeah. very short story, too, like about 20, 25 pages. Um, what, what I look for now, I, again, I have to be totally honest, I, I don't read as much fiction as I used to do because I find, I think like most writers will do, you do a lot more research work, and you start reading a lot more non fiction and you start doing more writing, which takes time away for that as well. But when I do get into fiction, um, things that really speak to me I think are just unique characters, or characters that I can I, I find believable. Now that's not to say I don't go and read things that are very stereotypical or or, or typical of, of, you know, the genre or just fiction in general. But I if, if it's a story I'm gonna invest some time and invest some energy in, I think has to really speak to me from a different different aspect um, another example again I keep bringing up property e. but I, I like I like some of his earlier work um, Solomon Cain uh, is an example and again it's a, something you might not necessarily think is, is you know where the world this come from but Solomon Cain is a Puritan and Puritans kind of a bums wrap uh, in, in our modern culture because they're not as puritanical as you might think they're very dogmatic yeah in 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 very like social justice and a lot of other things and they get kind of a bums wrap by some people but they were really very more liberal than people think and a lot more adventurous than people would give them credit. And uh... Solomon kane was one of the uh he's a Puritan he goes around in the adventures. I get I guess I got some of the inspiration for Corwin from that. Uh he goes around and he finds all these different people he has these different strange encounters, whether it's like zombies in uh in Africa or he fights off the remains of the harpy somewhere else, and and uh, he, he just the way he does it, he, he's uh, he has his faith, he has his convictions, but he's also kind of a pragna- pragmatic person, and uh, kind of more of a savage in some ways too. So it's kind of a nice. Conflict within his character, how he goes about exploring things and doing things, and he has his own sense of right and wrong, which might not necessarily always coincide with the rest of the world. he's he's kind of environment. He's kind of fighting with he fights pirates and things too, which is kind of typical around that time period. And it just gets kind of interesting to see the juxtaposition of uh, of his characterization and how he develops over the course of the stories. um but other other characters than that, I guess, for me, one of the I guess going back to what I've written, if I could, if you can allow me that little uh, privilege. Um, yeah. One of the ones that was very interesting for me, actually, too, were uh, Dugan. He was a barbarian. Uh, I, I say barbarian, but he's a gladiator. And I didn't want to do the cliche, well, oh, he's a gladiator and he's going to go and da 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 da. So, what, what made him unique right off the bat, and which surprised me as his character grew, was that we find out that he sold his soul to this dark god in order to get freedom. He was a slave in this, in this arena, fighting for the, the pleasure of these other people, and obviously he did not really enjoy that. But the the interesting thing with his character was because of his nature, he really could not get free from that. He thought he was, but that was so ingrained in him that he, as soon as he got free, he made himself a slave of, again of another thing. And, it just it is an ongoing process and it was a very interesting there was such anger there but also you could sense the, the, the um uh, the energy of him wanting to be free but didn't know how to do it and falling back into old patterns of, you know, repeating the same things over and over again. It was just very interesting for him as 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 a character and historic was very cool to see develop because when I initially wrote him I, I didn't really envision that and it went to a very interesting place and um so he would really surprised me. The other one was that uh, was Rowan who was a knight and uh he was kind of the naive knight who grows up, he learns some things in, in the world. But the thing that really made him unique to me was he was brought up um uh, kinda of with some racist ideas. And he had to come into a, a culture now trying to you know, he's questioning his faith, not because it's a religious order, questioning his faith, questioning his teaching uh, realizing that he maybe wasn't taught everything the way he should have been, and but is that wrong? Is that right? And how does he interact with with this you know individual who is a member of the same race who he's supposed to not like, and they're supposed to be you know terrible and so on and so forth? Um, so that that to me is very interesting because his character development again in the arc of the story and, and the featured things that he's going to be showing up in just just surprised me to just a whole other level, um, and I think that'll happen to a lot of people with their characters because if you give, if you have an interesting character, and I think we mentioned this last time we talked about um, uh, what a plot, I think it was, uh, they, there can be so many interesting subplots with the characters, and some of those subplots are character development, and how does that character develop in, in the interaction of the environment they're in, but also with other characters. And that could be a nice, even if you're not writing episodic fiction, if you just have a standalone short story or things, the subplot could be, you know, his interaction or his his development independent from the overall massive plot or story that's kind of driving things to the end of the, the book. How do they develop and change in the midst of that? How do they interact with this? I think those are some interesting subpoints and subplots that really come out of the character and can do a lot of service to the character and to the story overall that is handled correctly. And, and if you give your characters a little bit of room to breathe, and that's, that's why I think it's kind of important to have some kind of unique characters and kind of some things you kind of can latch on to and play around with rather than Mr. Perfect or Miss Perfect and there's nothing wrong and everything's going to look great and they get the girl or the guy and you know everything is, is great at the end. I think having some ambiguity in there is, is, is fun and induces it to a good story.
0: But I, I think you mentioned the the whole development piece. There, there should be room to grow between the chapter one and chapter, you know, the end. Uh, and if your character doesn't grow, people will lose interest in that in, in that story. If there are, you know, not any subplots at all. It's difficult difficult for that character to to grow into into what you had envisioned them to, let alone what the reader wants to to, to delve into a little bit more.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we touched on this last time too. Plot. Go to comic books. Comic books are a great example because characterization it has to be very strong in comic books. Also, it's a visual medium, so it's a little bit different that we're talking about here for prose. So you can get a lot of across in visual than you would in prose. So there's a difference there, but um, overall, the, the structure is the same. You you have to you have a little bit of period, a little bit of time within those pages of the comic, in which to tell the story, but also develop the character. Because again, the character is what sells the book. The story can come and go, and they can have bad stories, good stories, but the character is what sells the the, the overall franchise, if you will. Yeah. And so, like for Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man has, a, has this big story. He you know, has to stop Doc Octopus from coming in and and taking over uh, downtown Manhattan, right? But, in the meantime, he's having some issues at school because he just wants geometry, and Mary Jane is like him because you know she has she likes flash instead or something and so so he's dealing with these internal issues all the time he's trying to stop doc octopus and so you know that those are little mini subplots over the over in intermixed with the overall uh, major plot, and by doing those little subplots, you learn more about the character, you learn more about um you learn more to care about him or hate him whatever the case might be, or care less about him but that also ties into and shows more about him in very simple subtle ways that ties into the overall plot. And the nice thing about comics, which I think writers can learn from as well, if you're doing episodic fiction, is you can carry those those subplots over into the next short story, next book, or what have you, in the sense, okay, now he resolved those issues, but now she's Mary Jane's dating Flash, but now Flash and Mary Jane break up because Peter went out with Gwen Stacy, and they had, you know, she got jealous or whatever. So you kind of can play back and on, back and forth with it, and the, the, there's a new major plot going on in the you know the background, but we're also concerned about the little subplots, and those really kind of develop. Uh, the characterization because you know you can have the best character in the world but you don't do anything with that character nothing ever happens from them independent of these these earth shattering or these, these, these plots going on there's not a lot of interplay. you know it's not a lot of interest or you you i think you maybe are losing some of the true potential of your character, you maybe making a lot of your story because
0: of it well, and I think you know that's that's a great topic for for some other conversations as far as okay so what other characters do you put around your main character what what uh, what do you have for a protagonist and antagonist what what do you have for a, a a a hero or a villain uh and is it as evident as you as you would think when you're reading that one's a good guy, one's the bad guy? But also you have your sidekicks, you know, whether whether you're talking about a comic book or or even, you know, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, those, those type of things. There, there's a there's a cast of characters. It's not just one um, uh, unless you're doing a, a monologue or unless you're doing a soliloquy uh, from a play perspective. But it's difficult to tell a story uh, with just the one character. So yeah, yeah. go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry, right. That's I was going to say. First person perspective is is rather difficult <laughs> for a lot of people, yes. and that always is interesting. You got to do a lot of uh, interesting things to make that work. That's probably another discussion for for another day. Yes, That's exactly right. Because the character is only as good uh, as the setting or the people around him, and that supporting cast is is very crucial. And again, getting back to our earlier thread. That supporting cast does not necessarily always have to be a person. Yeah. Maybe they're person versus nature where they're fighting against the elements. Uh, maybe the elements are an ally. Maybe they have a pet dog or something or a bird, you know, yeah. um, things like that. So, it, it's it, and again, how they interact with those characters, that tests them as well. A good example of this, I keep going back to comics today, is Batman and Robin um... You, you have one dark brooding kind of kind of mentality and you have one more chipper, you know, smart out kind of thing and the, the interplay is what reveals more of the characters without necessarily having to do a big exposition on why they are that way. I think I, I did that too, I think a lot of beginning writers do that is you really feel you have to over explain your characters instead of having interaction with them. I think a lot of good fiction has interaction a lot of good movies have interaction, the buddy movies and things the buddy cop movies and things like that, simply because and you're right, a lot of good cartoons Disney and otherwise have that interplay because it's it's hard to have the comedic aspect unless you have that foil to kind of to kind of work against that I think it's the same for fiction you gotta have something obviously with which they can be interacting with, whether it's their enemy or their friend or the ambiguous you don't know. Kind of thing. I think that's key because it really, not only does it show them, but how they interact and how they respond to the other individual or entity, whatever it might be, reveals more about that other uh, supporting cast member as well. So it's kind of a good give and take. And again, you don't have to do it in such a way where you're dumping a lot of uh, exposition saying, well, he's angry and this and that. You don't have to give the whole history. He can just say it in a conversation or explain it or express it in such a way. Uh, through that interaction of those two or or, or multiple uh, characters, through dialogue, emotions, uh, just things said or not said, how they're said. Uh, Just simple descriptions and things like that can say a lot more and move the story along a lot faster and make it more interesting than paragraph upon paragraph upon, you know, what happened that day and why we should care.
0: Well, and and it's it's about figuring out where the appropriate place is to introduce some of the background. I'm working on... um, a couple of trilogies now from a novel perspective, the series is is a common's tale, and the the main character is interacting with with paintings, um, so the, there's the, there's an interaction there that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but you know you if once you throw in that fantasy element, throw back in the plot and and even the the, the setting type thing, it, it's difficult to give an entire background of somebody right yeah quickly yeah. Already, yeah. So you know, especially okay. So what happened to the paintings? How how do they how how do they get uh, enchanted? How how you know what what happened in that realm that 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 was just so uh, so important to the storyline and. It, why is the main character uh, you know one of the few that that can interact with them so you know, you can't give it all away at the beginning because you have to fit in bits and pieces as the story will let you the 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 plot you know how does that evolve how does the character uh, how do the characters really get involved with what your ideas were at the beginning so
1: exactly that's a very good point in fact i just uh wrote an essay about that um is because I, I've seen that it now, there's like two different streams. Now we're kind of gravitating towards it. It's not just fantasy fiction, but fiction in general. The one extreme, I, I'm using an analogy now, of like the, uh, the the Homerific or the Homeric kind of epic simile, epic metaphor or where you got to sit down and it's like page after page after page of, okay, this is how this looks, this is how this looks, this is you know, this is why this is, you know, we don't really necessarily need, you know, the manual version of why everything is that way. But I've seen the other extreme where they don't give you hardly anything. And that's kind of hard to, to get into. It's kind of frustrating, I think, for me as a reader. I think for other people, too, is you're just supposed to know. Yeah, you're just supposed to know that it's supposed to be an intuitive thing for you. Oh, you're supposed to know this. Well, if you can't catch it or don't know that it. it's kind of frustrating to understand it. So you're right, there, there's kind of an in-between where I, I try to get myself to as well, where well, you don't want to dump everything, you don't want to tell everything necessarily, but you don't want to show everything either. I think if, you know, showing's cool everything, but there are, there are places where you got to show and tell. There's kind of a combination, a little happy medium road you can walk, and you're absolutely right. Some, some situations will lend themselves not really well to explaining things through interaction. You have to give some more background, some more information than you would necessarily in other places. So I think I think you're absolutely right. You got to kind of trust your story, trust your gut, and trust uh, the character as well with how things develop. So that's a, that's a very good point.
0: So I think we've we've hit on ma- major aspects of characters, characterizations, the main character, uh, in future in future conversations. Hopefully, we can talk about conflict and then the cast of characters. Um, did you have anything uh, to, to add to wrap up here uh, on the and just characters in general?
1: No, i just like to plug my <laughs> plug my website again, chadcory.com, um because there are some more information. Like I said, there is an essay up on there about the concept of uh, showing versus telling and stuff like that, but also some more things that we talked about as well, uh, which I think could be of a help to people just learning some different tools and, and skill sets that would help them in writing in general.
0: Great. Thanks for joining us, Chad.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
0: As you may notice, we did things a little differently this week. Uh, we started out with the conversation we had with Chad. Uh, now we'll go into to the quotes that, that, that we chose for the week. This week, it's brought to you by Jim Henson. Life's like a movie. Write your own ending. Keep believing. Keep pretending. You know, you may recognize that from, from one of the Muppet movies, but, but really it applies, to, it applies to writing and building characters as, as well. If you believe in the characters, they will take on a life of themselves. We've had a few responses uh, in email, but not on the forums for the, the books that we want to give away. So, uh, you know, participate on the forums and join us there. And uh, we'll, we'll be sure to send you out one of the, the autographed copies of, of the books that, uh, that the featured authors have. Since we had such a great conversation with Chad, uh, we're going to go right to the short story and poetry uh, ideas and topics of the week. The short story topic of the week is Finding the Golden Path Home. The clouds cleared and the rainbow made its way across the sky. Tiny feet scurried t- trying to locate the end of the brightly colored ribbon of light. When you lose the magic that brought you to this land and have no other way back to your own home, you keep trying no matter how long it has been between rainbows. Sure, you have maintained those simple party tricks and with playing cards, pulling one cor- coin out of random places and basic mind reading, but you lack the direction to find the end and true pot of gold, the path back home. Decide on how you got here in the first place. Decide if you would truly tell this tale in the first person. Decide on the characters met along this most recent path to the end. Decide if the tale continues or silences after this episode. Decide how long this lost soul has remained without his own country. Decide on your path. Decide on your direction. Decide on your story and write. Post it at storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere. But write and enjoy. And today's poetry topic is the seashells. No two seashells are alike. Yet they group themselves in the same places. They float, they sink, they migrate and are migrated. Some are flatter than others, some are smooth, and others possess ripples and ridges. Many have various colors that allow them to sparkle in the sunlight and catch your eye as, to, as you stroll down the beach. A few others are dull in nature blend into the glistening sand. Do you think about hearing the ocean? Do you hear the ocean when home up a seashell to your ear? Are these the same seashells that covered the clam-shaped beans that were lost somewhere along the way to the shore? Decide the on the adventure these residents of the deep took to reach the surface and share the story in verse. Post it at storyinstitute.com or share it elsewhere or write and enjoy. Well, that does it for this week's episode of Story Institute's Rambling Verser. Thank you for joining us. We hope you return next week when we'll have another exciting episode for you. And in the meantime, imagine, enhance, and grow your stories.